helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times? Well, it appears the American people have not learned from either the 2020 or 2022 elections. I still hear people claim there was no significant voter fraud during either election. Evidence be damned. Add to that all of the interference currently going on in the 2024 elections, and I have to wonder, is there any hope for the republic? As Patrick Henry said in 1775, I ask you today, is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Have we already doomed future generations to servitude and despotism through the crumbs offered us to this day? Will we the people, as others before us have, applaud the new tyrannical regime simply because they promise our comfort and ease? So this is how liberty dies. I say no. Just as Samuel Adams said during the trying times of the Revolutionary War, if ye love wealth greater than liberty, the tranquility of servitude greater than the animating contest for freedom, go home from us in peace. We seek not your counsel nor your arms. But if the sacred fires of liberty burn in your breast, then I call on you to cry, as Patrick Henry did, Give me liberty, or give me death. Well, hello there, everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. Yes, this is where we read and study the Constitution, and we teach the rising generation to be free. In fact, we teach this generation, we teach every generation to be free. Because free doesn't simply mean you vote. Free doesn't mean that... that uh, uh, your life is controlled for you. Freedom takes work. Or as people like to say, freedom is not free. You know, I was having a, an interesting discourse on one of the social media comments, and somebody was pointing out the number of nations that claimed to be constitutional republics, but weren't. It's funny, Iran, Cuba, Venezuela, Nazi Germany, even the, the uh, old Polish Republic under the, the Wausau Pact all claimed to be constitutional republics, but they didn't live that way. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the direction the American Republic is going. I ask you, do you still believe you elect your representatives? With all the evidence of malfeasance in the elections, with all the, the, the fraud that went on during the last two elections, with all of the, the interference that went on, with all the interference that's going on now, do you truly believe we are a republic where we elect our representatives rather than a, a, a fascist state where the choice of who we are, will allow to, be, to lead us will be made for us and we just get to put our stamp on which of the, the evil trolls we'll vote for? Because the, the powers that be, the fascists in our government, they fooled us once in 2020. They fooled us twice the second time in 2022. And they are gearing up to fool us again in 2024. Now, Gina 
Swoboda is the executive director of Voter Reference Foundation. It's a Phoenix-based organization, and she discussed um, the the election problems on the Jenny Best show. Now, she's looking specifically at the elections in Maricopa County. She said, since we've had a couple or three elections where the way they were conducted with regard to Maricopa County has, in my personal opinion, resulted in a complete loss of confidence. It's gotten progressively worse since 2018, but after the 2022 elections, I can only use the word fiasco. So one of the problems she pointed out is in Arizona, apparently there's not a requirement that says the votes are tabulated on site on election day. The idea of actually counting the paper ballots, uh, which apparently a lot of people in Arizona were not aware of. Meaning that either your your votes are ta- votes tabulated or they're shipped somewhere else. Now let's see. You have uncounted ballots that are being handled by multiple people, shipped around. There's no possibility of problems there. Of course, that's not the only problem. Probably the most famous problem was something weird, something unique, and I believe in the Arizona uh, voting system where the ballots are printed on demand. Now, to a certain extent, I guess that makes sense. Why print out thousands of ballots if not all of them, are, if a significant percentage of them aren't going to be used? But as Ms. Swoboda said, uh, I made very clear my position via the county chair that we knew we were going to have record in-person turnout from the party on the night of election day. I said over and over again, are you sure that you have enough toner? Because in 2020, we had the same problem. It was just limited in scope. So they had this problem in 2020 in certain areas. So she's saying, hey, in 2020, we're going to have a big turnout. Do we have enough toner so that they can all these be ballots being printed? Apparently, the answer was no. And when there were lawsuits, the case went to trial. And, and uh, uh, one of the closing arguments by the Maricopa County attorney was, and this again, according to Ms. Woboda, um, was uh, you reap what you sow. She described it like this, like, so in effect, it's the fault of the voters who tried to vote on election day that things went wrong on election day. And if they had just, you know, been smart enough to take their mail-in ballot like a good voter should, because that's what we were told to do, this wouldn't happen to you. Oh, could it be that that... Now, I'm, is that was that an intentional act? I don't know. But again, if the people in Arizona especially Maricopa County, no longer trust the election process, do they still believe we live in a republic? Yeah, Paul, but that's, that was Arizona. You think that was the only one? What about Hines County Supervisor David Archie, who claims he has videotape of County Democratic Party chairwoman uh, what's her name? Jacques, uh, 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 Jacques Amos? Bringing thumb drives and ballots into the counting room and inserting them into the machines. He says he has photos of cheating. This was apparently during a, a, a primary, a party primary, a Democratic Party primary um, in, in, in Mississippi saying we have videotapes of someone going into boxes, bringing in thumb drives, bringing in ballots to be inserted into the machine. In this case, by the 
Democratic uh, Executive Committee chairwoman. Does that mean that it's all Democratic Party? No, but is it more examples that elections in our country have a problem? Let's not forget the video, uh, the movie that included all the video, the, not all, included video of people traveling around stuffing ballot boxes, of people going from ballot box to ballot box to ballot box, stuffing them full of ballots. Video. Or how about this evidence? Um, the the uh, uh, clerks across the state of Michigan in 2020 received boxes of suspicious voter registrations. Many of them with the same signatures, the same for uh, foreign numbers of their social security number, last four, um, fake names and fake addresses. All right, that's an allegation. But a whistleblower, anonymous whistleblower, so you got to take that claims that he has photographic evidence of, a, of screenshots from a Facebook group that reveals the clerks knew what was going on and they did not inform the authorities. In fact, the whistleblower says that the clerks were privately concerned about potential voter fraud in the 2020 election months, months before the, the election in November. And then later turning around and telling people it was the most secure election in history. That was the most secure. I'd hate to see what the, the, the least secure was. Another retired clerk posted images of what the fellow clerks refer to as care packages from campaign organizing groups like GBI Strategies or Empower Michigan. And of course, there's, there's more. I mean, the, the, the evidence keeps coming up. And now we have a lawsuit by America First Legal uh, claiming that uh, the FBI and DOJ, the, Fed, the U.S. FBI and DOJ, um, are withholding information that reveal that the Biden administration manipulated the 2022 midterm elections through their censorship initiative. See, apparently, you know, the, the Twitter files exposed the relationship between the FBI's National Election Command Post, its San Francisco field office, and multiple social media companies uh, that, that they try they communicate with to suppress information they don't like. They call it disinformation and misinformation. And and apparently during the, the deposition in the Missouri trial about censorship, um, FBI agent Elvis, Elvis Chan ad, uh, conceded that the agency had indeed prompted social media platforms to engage in content suppression which he know led to de facto censorship. So the the uh, uh, was America First legal. They they tried to get a freedom of aid. They they filed for a Freedom of Information Act. They requested it back in December of twenty two, and they've hit legal roadblocks. They've not been getting answers from the FBI and the DOJ, which is why they're now suing because they're wondering: Are these entities? Um, are they covering? Is this another cover-up? Is this a cover-up for the illegal activity performed, in this case, by the Biden administration? There's a lot going on here. There is certainly plenty of evidence. And this, by the way, doesn't touch to the, the what, the five states that illegally appointed electors in 2025? No, I'm not talking about the alternate electors that the Georgia people are going after. I'm talking about states where the method of appointing electors was changed by someone other than the legislature of the state. 
where the courts, or in some cases the Secretary of State, changed the process of appointing electors in direct violation of the Constitution of the United States. People don't talk about that anymore. Well, I do, but a lot of people, most people I know aren't talking about that. You see, the thing that makes a republic a republic is that the people hold the power and they elect people to represent them. But if we are not the ones doing the electing, if our elective choices are manipulated or just plain overturned by an illegal process, are we still a republic? Are we now an empire? Okay, maybe that Star Wars metaphor is a bit of a stretch, but it certainly means we're a kleptocracy. We're certainly a, a totalitarian regime because if you cannot question the election process, if you're not allowed to challenge the, the uh, acceptable narrative, whether, again, that be elections, whether that be COVID, whether that be anything, then we are not a republic. We're a totalitarian state. If we, the people, are not choosing our representatives. Now, let's face it. The American people have a history of not doing a very good job of picking people to represent them. As, as Exhibit A, I simply say, how can you tell when a politician's lying? That's right. Their lips are moving. Yet we hire them. Now, the gets me is they're coming around. They're doing this again. We're seeing the exact same thing, even down to the COVID scare. People have been laughing that, that the, the new variant is, is called uh, COVID-EV. Yeah, it's the election variant. It's a new election. You know, now, all of a sudden, they're talking about masks. They're talking about vaccines. How long before they're saying, we got to go back to vote by mail because it's just too scary for you to actually go out and cast your vote? Knowing that uh, the, the error rate in mail-in ballots is, far high, is higher than in, in in-person ballots. I think the number of rejections is twice as high for mail-in ballots than in-person. I think the last number I saw is in-person, 2% of all ballots are rejected. In mail-ins, it's four or more. Okay, that's a small percentage. How big of a percentage is acceptable? How much crime and corruption do you find acceptable? Or is it only when it's your neighbors that get hurt, it's acceptable? But when you get hurt, ah, then it's not so acceptable. As I said, they're doing this to us again. And in some places, you know, you want to say, I can't believe they're doing it again. But you know what? I'm not really surprised. Because tell me, who has gone to jail for election fraud? There have been a few. Show me the notable name, the national name that lost a job because of election fraud. Show me the FBI agent who interfered in the elections through uh, uh, promoting censorship. Or the hiding of the uh, uh, the Hunter Biden, or or the the intelligence officers that lied about the Hunter Biden laptop being Russian disinformation. Which one of them has paid any price for that? Sure, they get some bad press in the news, but really, is that it? Is that the extent of punishment for manipulating an election? Do we take our elections so unseriously? That we not only can we not be bothered to actually vet our our the, the candidates, but that we won't even bother when when 
criminal malfeasance is used to manipulate the election. We won't even bother, worry about it if anybody actually gets held accountable for it. So I guess, yeah, life is so dear and peace is so sweet that we are willing to sell our souls for the chains of slavery in order to simply be told the promises that our lives will be fine. I have to take a break here. Before I go, please check out the updated website, constitutionstudy.com. Made some major updates to it. I've got a news feed in there, the radio programs in there. Uh, I've, I've got all sorts of information that's now popping up. Nice new look. I hope you like it. Uh, obviously, comment. Let me know what you like. In fact, if you've got an idea for it, let me know. I'll see if I can make that happen as well. Again, that's constitutionstudy.com. You can still sign up for the mailing list so you get notified of changes. You can also ask a question. If you'd like it answered here on the radio program, well, just click that checkbox. It says, you know, answer on the, uh, please answer on the America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'll be more than happy to. Now, while you're at it, I don't know about you, I get to the end of the day and sometimes I just have a hard time concentrating. I found it something that will boost my short-term focus and my long-term brain power. It's healthy cell focus and recall vitamins. That's right, vitamins. Not caffeine, not sugar, simple vitamins. Now, you can get 25% off your first order from Healthy Cell. And you can find out how by going to americaoutloud.shop. But please, go to Healthy Cell, try out Focus and Recall or any of their great products, but use the code OUTLOUD at checkout. It lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud. And as a thank you, you get 25% off your first order. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced. These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. 
Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution Study. Yes, here we read and study the Constitution. Teach our generation to be free. We believe that people need to gain control of their Constitution because, let's face it, our country's out of control. Well, more accurately, its government is out of control. It's governments, plural. I've, I spent the first segment talking about examples of voter fraud and election manipulation in the 2020 and 2022 election. But as I said in my intro, it's, it's happening again. We're watching it happen. Sure, you have four indictments against former President Trump. Uh, these alone are, are have shown evidence of are politically motivated. People who committed these exact—he's being charged with things that are not a crime. Uh, you know, as a Georgia, it's it's in you know renting a room in pursuit of a conspiracy, in pursuit of a criminal activity, of questioning an election. It, it it's it's laughable. Well, in the latest example, I mean, first we have the dates that get set, really in, in an attempt to um, apparently um, interrupt the the, uh, the Trump presidential campaign. I mean, he is the leading Republican candidate for nomination, and they have uh, uh, they're having trial dates the day before Super Tuesday, and and all through the the election cycle, even in in Georgia, the rush to trial, yes, rush. They've got over 12 million pages of documents, but they only give the defense a few months to go through all of those. And then here's the latest twist. A Superior Court judge in Fulton County, Scott McAfee, um, he's ordered that the, the trials will be televised. Now listen, I'm... When it comes to televising trial, I don't believe a courtroom is, is sacrosanct. Um, the problem I have is that this quickly turns the what's supposed to be a justice system, a, a judicial, not, not just judicial proceeding, but a, a, the seeking of justice, it turns it into a show, uh, uh, entertainment. But why, I wonder, why would we want to televise the trial of former President Trump? Well, they say it's 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 in order to maintain transparency. Uh, the judge said, in line with the spirit of transparency here, we have followed Judge McBurney's model, and we have been live streaming all of our major proceedings on Fulton County provided YouTube channel. So now they're going to do and and for our and our plan was to do that with this case as well. So there's going to be a YouTube feed the entire time. Now, according as I understand it to Georgia law. Uh, court proceedings can be broadcast as long as there is a written request made and it's approved by the judge. But I wonder, especially with the scheduling interesting information, why are they televising this particular trial? Could it be that they think so many people are so interested in what Donald Trump has done and is doing that uh, everybody's going to tune in? Possibly. I I'm sure there are a lot of people that are going to be be watching this trial. Or could it be to have video of President Trump sitting 
behind the defendant's desk, sitting in a courtroom just before major primaries in the election. Major primaries. Could that be it? Again, hear hoofbeats, think horses, not zebras. My guess is this is as much to do with the appearances of Donald Trump walking into a courtroom, sitting down at the defendant's table, and defending himself just before primaries. Sounds like a like like a uh, another attempt at manipulation to me. I say another because there's 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 so much evidence of the of the ridiculousness of this. And again, I'm not a Trump fan. I think he's loud, boorish. Um, I think he he had some some constitutional policy. He had some very unconstitutional policies. You know, but I believe all of us deserve justice. For example, the um, there's a one of the charges that Fulton County District Attorney Willis has um, made against Donald Trump and others is that uh, the the alleged existence of Republican electors for Trump in 2020 constituted an unlawful conspiracy to overturn Georgia's 2020 election results. Now she is charged among others, uh, uh, David Schaefer and Ray Smith, uh, and uh, in this conspiracy. Now, Ms. Willis claims that Schaefer and other electors unlawfully falsely held themselves out as Georgia's duly elected and qualified presidential electors. She insisted those electors um, intentionally attempted to mislead figures such as then-Vice President Mike Pence and Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger into believing they were, that they actually were such officers. There's just one apparent little problem. You see, a transcript of the Georgia Republican electors a meeting in December 14, 2020, this, by the way, was obtained by the Federalists, shows the reason, the intent behind casting alternate electors and it was not to impersonate public officials, as Willis has alleged, but to preserve Donald Trump's legal challenge to the state's election results. Uh, according to the transcript at the meeting's outset, uh, Mr. Schaefer specifically noted that he and his fellow Republicans were acting as Republican nominees for presidential electors, not, not again as duly elected and qualified presidential electors. Uh, according to the transcript, President Trump has filed a contest to the certified results. That contest is pending and has not been decided or even heard by any judge with the authority to hear it. And so in order to preserve his rights, it's important that the Republican nominees for presidential electors meet here today and cast their votes. So basically what they're saying is, listen, um, there's still a challenge going on. If Donald Trump wins, and we haven't cast our votes. Well, then he no longer has. Uh, he no longer gets those votes sent up. In other words, they were put casting. They were an alternate set of electors casting an alternate set of votes. Should Donald Trump actually win his challenge, uh, his legal challenges to the 2020 election results in Georgia? Interesting how that has suddenly been morphed by Ms. Willis into. Um, lying into into uh, impersonating public officials. Now, as I mentioned before, that actually in the federal case, um, the 
the judge has set the, the trial date for March 4th, 2024, the day before Super Tuesday. And, of course, this brings up a lot of interesting questions, one of which is, again, the speed. There are over 12 million pages of disclosure that uh, have been given to the Trump, Trump and his legal team. Can, you go th- can they go through 12 million pages effectively in the few months until the, uh, the scheduled trial date? Now, a uh, John Malcolm, he's the vice president of the Heritage Foundation's Institute for Constitutional Government. He's also the former deputy assistant attorney general in the DOJ's criminal division. And he said this is all happening, as the judge well knows, while Trump is running for president, facing three other indictments, one of which has also been set for trial in, in May, and several civilian lawsuits. Donald Trump, like every other defendant in a criminal case, is entitled to due process and effective assistance of counsel, which includes having adequate, an adequate amount of time and opportunity to review the evidence and consult with his attorney in a meaningful fashion. Now, he said the date is not generally appealable prior to the trial, but it may be raised in appeal. So if Trump is convicted, one of the issues he could raise on appeal is that he was deprived of his rights to due process and effective assistance of counsel because of the amount of discovery involved in the expedited trial schedule. Now, these are not the only attacks on what would appear to be a, a directed attacks, coordinated attacks on uh, President Trump's, or I should, former President Trump's presidential campaign, his 2024 campaign. Um, you know, you have... Uh, again, all the, the, the median hysteria, you have now four uh, criminal indictments. I've yet to see one that, stand, that that looks anywhere near like a legitimate indictment. But there's another one that's been going around. And, and it, it, it's come up several times in conversations, both in person and online. And that is the question of the 14th Amendment. And is, is, uh, President, is, is former President Trump barred from holding office? because of uh, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Now, we haven't dealt with this a lot because there's not a lot of call for it until recently. But Section 3 reads, No person shall be a senator or representative of Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature, or as an executive or judicial officer of any state, to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same, or given aid and comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by vote of two-thirds of each House, remove such disability. So this, obviously, the 14th Amendment was passed. It was after the, the Civil War. And the idea was, listen, if you, you know, there were several representatives in the House. There were several senators. In the, in the and um, they uh, they participated in the insurrection against the union, the attempt to secede from the union, and uh, the rebellion against the government of the United States. So it was decided that um, that uh, they should not be able to hold office. But here's the interesting thing: shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion. See, in order to actually enact the 14th Amendment against President Trump, you have to prove that he engaged in insurrection or rebellion. 
I've had several con uh, conversations with people, mostly online, and uh, one person made a very valid point. Says because I said there's one problem. See, he hasn't been convicted of insurrection, and this person replied, "Well, you, it doesn't say you have to be convicted. It says you have to be to have engaged in." See, there's a problem in this country. We're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. You haven't engaged in insurrection until it's been proven you engaged in insurrection. Unless we've decided to go with a Napoleonic uh, case of justice where you're guilty until proven innocent, which is kind of the way this is being applied by most people that I've heard promote the idea that President Trump cannot serve as president because of this uh, 14th Amendment uh, uh, disability, as it's, as it's properly called. Now, we should define a couple of terms, right? Insurrection is an act or instance of revolting against a civil authority or an established government. This is, by the way, from Miriam Wester online. So did President Trump um, act revolt against a civil authority? Well, a lot of people claim that questioning the outcome of many of the state elections was an act of, uh, against civil authority. And, of course, when he told the demonstrators on January 6th to go to the Capitol and demonstrate peacefully and patriotically, they kind of leave off the peaceful and patriotic and assume that was a revolt against... It's, I told you since January 6th, there's a reason why they're using the term insurrection. It was specifically designed, I believe, in order to uh, uh, get in people's mind that President Trump had, had participated in an insurrection, therefore making disqualifying him from office. Now, for those who are interested, the main difference between insurrection and a rebellion is rebellion is generally opened, armed, uh, and unsuccessful defiance or resistance to an established government. Although technically an opposition to one who is an authority or dominance could also be considered a rebellion. In this case, we're basically talking armed, and it was not an armed rebellion. Was it an insurrection? I'm I'm sorry. I don't see how he revolted against the authority. He he said he looked at he said there were uh, he pointed out errors, uh, inconsistencies, problems in many of the state elections, and he wanted them looked at. And even the the demonstration on January sixth, he didn't order that people go in and, and overturn the government. He he didn't uh, uh, he didn't turn around and say you know throw the Congress out and we'll do it ourselves. He demonstrated saying there was a problem with the election and no one is redressing this grievance. So what we're seeing here is this is being used, again, to lay the groundwork, I believe, for the um, uh, to keep President Trump out of the 2024 election. Now, what's interesting is um, Maine is one of the states that's looking at this saying, you know, how can we, is it possible to keep Donald Trump's name off the ballot? because of this ineligibility. Uh, Florida has taken a look at it. In fact, a judge in Florida um, basically threw this out. Uh, a Fort Lauderdale, uh, um, a lawsuit was brought in Fort Lauderdale to pose the idea of a, a 14th Amendment challenge to Donald Trump being on the ballot in Florida that was thrown out for a lack of standing. Uh, the people who brought the, the challenge didn't show that they had any standing. So, uh, again, are we seeing um, the groundwork being laid? Is is this the the twenty twenty four version of um, the Hunter Biden laptop story, the Russia collusion hoax? Could it be? 
is it the version of the uh, or the, the 2024 version of the uh, what became you know the, the Hillary Clinton DNC um, paper that uh, was basically Oppo research that was used to try and tar and feather metaphorically Donald Trump and, and prevent him from holding office? It sure seems like it. And when you add to that the move to masking, vaccines, all the stuff they use to push towards a mail-in ballot rather than in-person balloting in 2020 and 2022, it seems to be a rather coordinated effort in order to manipulate the outcome of the 2024 election. And I don't know about you, but that should... uh, that should be uh, that'd be a concern, because if we the people don't get to decide without external manipulation, I'm not saying inf- you know that you can't provide information and content. Well, then we're not a republic anymore, and we're a little different than the Empire in Star Wars. I have to take another break before I go though. I want to make sure that you're going to AmericaOutloud.news pretty much every day. It's a great place to find news and information. And if you do like I do, share it. A lot of that content, the the stories, the articles, the podcasts, the videos, they're great for sharing on social media or emailing to friends and colleagues and others. By doing that, by not simply reading, but by helping to share that information, you're helping to secure the blessings of liberty. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health. Naturally. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. If you join the Constitution study, we have one segment left. And we're taking a look at the question, can you believe they're at it again? Now, we've spent the first two segments talking about election meddling, uh, fraud, interference, um, uh, using uh, a censorship and misinformation. Again, 2020 they did it, 2022 they did it. Now it looks like they're, they're, we're seeing the evidence they're setting up for 2024, just in the in, in in the what's being done around the Trump indictments, the uh, same with the impeachments, right? That it was based on nothing, but it makes him look bad, and and I think that's a lot to do with it. 
it's not a question of, I believe they really think they're going to get convictions or those convictions will stand. It's they, they, if they can make him look bad and maybe help people not want to vote for him, that may be the campaign that they're working on now. But before we close out the day, I want to kind of change gears a little bit. There's been a couple of articles I found that, that I find they're very interesting. They, they make me think. For example, um, in the uh, in Minnesota, the city of Champlain, well, they're conceit they're they're considering moving from Hennepin County to Anoka County. Uh, apparently, the city council discussed a a a a recommendation or a request to uh, to talk about moving from from Hennepin County to Anoka County. Now. I, and what I've found so far, I haven't seen a lot of justification as to why they want to move. The only thing I've found so far is they're concerned that there are infrastructure issues within the county that um, they're not being dealt with, including many safety concerns. And while the the city council is continually is continuing to know, um, a lot of taxpayer dollars are being spent any elsewhere. And uh, apparently this is a concern to the, uh, to the council of uh, the city of Champlain, Minnesota. Now, to me, this again flashes of um, Washington counties that want to become part of Idaho. Uh, and I think Oregon counties that want to become part of Idaho as well. And, and California, this talk counties that want to split from the main, from the rest of the state. And, and this is a bit different. See, as I understand it, the Minnesota state constitution does provide the legislature the ability to change the boundaries of Minnesota counties subject to voter, voter ratification. So this is actually, it's a constitutional, it's a constitutionally sound uh, uh, consideration to say this city, they don't feel they're being con considered in Hennepin County. Um, they're concerned uh, and and they want to try another county. They want to move. This is a move. The re, part of the reason this popped up is um, Hennepin County has been in the news lately about uh, again election and other issues. So that may or may not be part of it. I don't know. That's why I put it in in today's particular broadcast. But what we're seeing today is, in my mind, is we're seeing citizens that are dissatisfied with their elected representatives. And apparently with their ability to get representatives that represent them, so they want to move. Whether it's um, the city of Champlain uh, leaving Hennepin County for Anoka County, whether it's counties in Washington, Oregon that want to become part of Idaho, they're looking for it. Hey, when I lived in New York State, most of us would just wish, you know, New York City and Long Island would just go out to sea and leave us alone. We would have been very happy to split the state Right there, somewhere probably around Yonkers, and uh, you know, New York City and Long Island. You do your thing; the rest of the state do their thing. Um, that was that was a common joke during that time. But we're seeing people who are who are not satisfied with their rep reputation or their representation, and they want to move. Um, again, I moved from the Empire State to the Volunteer State because the Empire State didn't represent me. They didn't. They didn't want to do things in a way I thought was legitimate, so I moved. So, and we're seeing a lot of people moving from from California, from Illinois, from New York, um, 
and they're heading to places like Florida and Texas and, yes, Tennessee. We're seeing people move because they don't feel their representation is representing them. And we're seeing cities and counties wishing to move because they don't they feel their representation isn't being heard. That they're being outgunned by their opposition because of the numbers in the state or the county as a whole, and they want to move to someplace more like them. Now, on the one hand, this sounds like a it doesn't sound like a bad thing right off the bat. And a lot of people are very concerned about this. Um, I, I do see one serious problem with this and that is a further polarization um the the idea that um i'm going to move to pe- to where i can feel that people uh listen to me are more like me giving us more polarizations so others blue states will be more blue red states will be more red blue counties more blue red counties more red and we end up with the further division based on political party that's where I see a problem in this. Not necessarily in this case, because when you're dealing with local issues, it may be less of a party divide, uh, but it may just be a philosophical divide. But we're back to, uh, you know, I, I uh, we're further polarizing the nation. And uh, I'm wondering if part of it is because as we are electing people to represent us, again, we're looking people that look the way we do, but we're not considering the representation of everyone. I live in a county. Uh, not everybody in the county agrees with me. I, I Not everybody in the county thinks the way I do. Not everybody in the county wants to live the way I want to live. And if in a state of representation, if there's not consideration for that, well, then the minority gets trampled and they want to leave. Or we end up with these huge political changes. So I think this, to me, is part of the outcome of the way we've been electing representatives, just as much as the political machinations in the big elections we think of, you know, the state elections, uh, the elections for federal offices. We're seeing it at, at lower levels with these desires to move and shift and realign. And there's another one. Guess what? Staten Island. They want to leave New York City. Now, hey, I lived in New York City when I was a when I was a child. Um, Staten Island. I lived in Manhattan. Staten Island was always just a, a, a bit different. It was much more suburban, to my mind. It wasn't really suburban, but it was you know less commercial. I guess uh, I'm thinking about you know downtown Manhattan, but. Um, Apparently, uh, the Congresswoman uh, Malia Takis, I hope I pronounced that right, she's pushing Eric Adams to allow Staten Island to secede, to leave the city of New York, to one of the five boroughs in New York, in large part because they're tired of the migrant camp, the, the camps, the, the, the shelters that are being established in Staten Island. Now, again, I've been a long time since I've been in Staten Island, um, but apparently a lot of these camps, the mayor is setting them up on Staten Island. And what's interesting is of the five boroughs, Staten Island is much more Republican than the other boroughs. And uh, apparently they're not real happy with 
the uh, being you you know with the mayor saying we'll be a sanctuary city now Staten Island you get to deal with the problem. Now Staten Island it's an interesting situation because Staten Island on its own would be a good sized city. It's 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 got a larger population than Miami, so it, it's certainly enough. And and they want to try governing themselves, so. We're seeing this 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 word secession thrown around a lot, whether it's counties or cities or boroughs, but there's also talk of you know secession at the state level, states seceding from the union because of what's going on. And so much of this division, George Washington warned us about. He said the the spirit of revenge natural to party dissension is its own frightful despotism. We're living through that. I think this has been exacerbated by the process of choosing our representatives breaking down. First, by the fact that the people started voting based on party rather than on uh, issues. And now that party dissension has gotten to the point where there are some that will do almost anything for their party to win. Even consider this. So let's go back to Trump a minute. We're talking about the the dates with the primaries. You do realize that the only place the word primary exists in the Constitution is saying you cannot be denied, if you are denied the right to vote in a primary because of your age, well, then that state lowers its representation in Congress. I believe that's the, the correct amendment. See, primaries are not a part of the constitutional election process. You know what a primary is? It is a publicly funded private election in order to limit the choice of the American people. Let's say that again. It is a publicly funded private election designed to limit the choices of the American people when they vote in the actual election. So we talk about primary elections. They aren't... these are private entities. The Republican National Committee, the, the, the Republicans and Democrats, these are private entities. They are not part of government. They're not public entities. They're, they're 501c4s, right? They're private, nonprofit entities. And they've convinced, this, through their operatives in the state, to get the states and the counties to pay for an election for them to choose their champion to whole office. And by the way, this is all offices, from president all the way down to dog catcher. The the state and the county are paying in order to hold an election for a private organization. Just imagine you are now going to start paying paying for the election, say, for um, the board of the NAACP or the NRA. Take your pick. You wouldn't want to do that, but that's, that's what we have now. That's what we're doing. And that's, to me, that's part of the problem. It establishes party control over the election process. And again, I say to limit your choices because the idea is the the parties want to pick the choice that you have. And this is where I get back to the question of the republic. See, technically, legally, you can vote for whoever you want. You can sign, you, you can write in a name, but generally the rules are make it extremely difficult for a write-in ballot to mean anything, for someone to win based on a write-in vote. It's extremely difficult. So basically, the primaries 
are when the, the donkeys and the elephants and the handful of other parties get you to pay for an election to tell you who you will be allowed to vote for. So wouldn't it have been interesting? How many people in, in 2020 would have voted for, say, uh, 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 a Trump presidency, but a Bernie Sanders vice presidency? Or, or maybe, you know, a, a, a Nikki Haley and a, a Mike Pence. Yes, technically you had that opportunity, but effectively it's gone because the political parties have taken control. And now we're living through their, their, little, their little war. Their, little, their war that, that has been used to take over the country. So I, I, see, I see dark days ahead for the republic. Because while I can see that the, the, the swampies, the, the bureaucrats, the permanent elected, quote-unquote, ruling class, well, they're doing everything they can to manipulate the election. And I don't see... Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the American people see through this and we'll all see the answer come election day. I mean, you certainly can't rely on the polls. The polls have been so wrong for so many years. You can't rely on them. But do I, I, I'm not sure I trust that. In other words, I, I can't look at this and say, gee, I hope that everybody isn't being snookered by all this, this nonsense and they'll figure it out in the end. We've tried that for too long and it hasn't worked. I think the American people need to become much more involved in the election process. More than just showing up on a day and casting a vote or, or getting a, a mail-in ballot and sending it in. We need to be much more involved. I've been trying to work with our my local with my county election board, again, to make sure the elections are free and fair. But I also think we need to pay more attention as to how we choose our representatives. I see way too many people. I hear way too many people, and I watch way too many people making their decisions based on donkeys versus elephants. It doesn't matter. You know, you 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 could have the devil himself running for your favorite political party, and you'd vote for him as long as he was the donkey or the elephant. I see way too many people that act that way. I have my own way of doing things. That's true for a lot of things. See, I ask a candidate, anyone who wants my vote, show me where you fulfilled your oath to support the Constitution when it cost you something. That, I went along and because everybody was with it. No, no, no. When did it cost you something? When were you willing to stand up against your party in order to do the constitutional thing? Sadly, 90 to 95% of the answers I get are some meaningless soundbite political platform nonsense. They can't tell me a time. They can't show me a time when they stood up. Sometimes I get someone says, I raised my right hand. I joined the military. I joined the police force. I, uh, I was here and it cost me something. I did this. I'll give them a shot. But I think until we start electing people to represent us that will actually faithfully uphold their oath, all we're doing is playing musical chairs on the Titanic. And it's just a question of whether or not you're going to have a seat in that lifeboat 
when the ship finally goes down. I don't mean to leave you on a depressing note, but I do need to leave you. But I hope you come back and join us here every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time for the Constitution Study on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio Network. If you can't join us then, the show goes to broadcast generally a day or two after it's heard on the radio. Listen on your favorite podcast app. But do me a favor. Subscribe to the show. Leave ratings and reviews for the show, for the episodes. It helps other people find me, especially on Apple Podcasts. You can find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But as always, please share. Please share the links, share the stories, share the videos, share the episodes, share it all. Because that, ladies and gentlemen, is how we share the blessings of liberty.